the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Uh, Mike Gallagher, good morning. How are you, Congressman? I'm good, except for 2011 when we won the Super Bowl. But yeah, just live in the past. Every 10 years, just live in the past. We're looking forward in Cleveland. Congressman, I want to go very quickly to a very serious. Uh, Dimitri over at Financial Times, one of the best reporters on Ukraine. Um, Taiwan is not Ukraine, he writes, uh, or he actually re-ups. It's not his article. Stop linking their fates together. I reject that. Uh, I hesitate to disagree with Dimitri, but Taiwan is not Ukraine. But the appeasement policies and instincts of the Biden administration weigh heavily on both. Agree or disagree? I agree. Of course, these are different countries. There are different military problems. There's different uh, interests at stake. But they are linked uh, in a few ways. One, just as the collapse of our position and the ham-handed withdrawal in Afghanistan weakened our deterrent posture in Ukraine, so too will a very public collapse of our posture in Ukraine weaken our deterrent posture uh, in Taiwan. And just ask yourself if General Secretary Xi Jinping is sitting there observing the events in Ukraine, and we know that cooperation, military cooperation in particular, has intensified between the Russians and the Chinese. Of course he's watching what's happening. And what conclusions is he deriving from this ongoing spectacle? Well, the first and most obvious is that the Biden administration can't shoot straight. Uh, They continue to get caught flat-footed. They continue to think that sanctions after the fact are going to somehow deter a military activity. And so if you're Xi Jinping, you're thinking, wow, if the worst or the best that America and its allies are going to do if I try and effectuate a forcible reunification of Taiwan with the mainland is slap some sanctions on me after the fact, well, heck, I'll go for it. I think the critical window starts in 2024, Hugh. Uh, it's after there are elections in Taiwan. And if the current party, the DPP, wins re-election, I think Xi Jinping will conclude that they have to do this by force because they know they have no prospect of reinvigorating the KMT, which is really not popular right now in Taiwan. So that's really the election to watch for, Hugh. I believe it's January 24, check me. And I think if the party that's currently in power, President Tsai's party, wins again, then Xi Jinping is going to start to make his move militarily. Okay, I I hope we have that much time. I'm not sure that we do, because you can certainly do a lot more preparedness and forward-basing allied forces and make it very clear that we would defend Taiwan. I want to go back, though, to NATO and the bifurcated response to the Ukraine crisis. Poland, the United Kingdom, the Baltic states are all stepping up. Germany is stepping out of NATO in all essence, and the United States is Hamlet. It's really quite remarkable what's going on. Uh, Apparently, we sent two F-15s to Poland this week, which is great, two F-15s, and we're still deciding whether to send them stingers. What is the problem with the United States Department of Defense and the Joe Biden team? 
Well, I think it all starts from the top, Hugh. There is a unwillingness to provoke, the, or a fear, let me say, of, of provoking the Russians, a belief that Anthony Blinken can solve all the world's problems in Vienna, and a misunderstanding that diplomacy, if it's not backed by the credible threat of force, is effectively useless. Um, this is the problem with Iran, certainly what we saw under the Obama administration, and now we're seeing again under the Biden administration. And so uh, it's this naive belief that somehow, you know, Putin and other adversaries are going to adhere to the same moral standards or, you know, concern for the approval of the global community, such as it even exists, uh, that we do. And obviously that's not True. So that's the fundamental problem. There's also a problem with the bureaucracy moving too slow, and it really takes presidential leadership and cabinet-level leadership to bend the bureaucracy to your will. And I just would commend on the polling point, our mutual friend Robert O'Brien has been making this point repeatedly and loudly for two years, just how critical it is to expand our defense cooperation with Poland. The only other thing I'd say, Hugh, as we watch these sort of mini agreements emerge between NATO countries and uh, that are frustrated with Germany, I actually think this is um, this is more dangerous than than uh, than some other approaches here. Uh, I'm not sure these alliances are more stable than a NATO that was reinvigorated under American leadership. And say what you will about the previous administration, but at least they forced NATO to increase their defense contributions. And so I think we have an interest with strong U.S. leadership and a basic peace through strength approach in reinvigorating NATO and modernizing NATO, lest it fracture into all these tiny alliances that are actually less stable for Europe over the long term. But because we're not leading, because of our incompetence in Afghanistan, which did more to destroy our relationship with NATO allies than any impolite thing Donald Trump said over the course of four years, now we're seeing it fracturing. And that is, on some level, Hugh, not just a failure of German politics and dependence on Russian enemy, but a failure of American leadership. I believe our allies will follow so far as we are willing to lead and we're not leading. Well, the two-part question. Uh, I've talked to O'Brien and Rick Grinnell about this for a long time. Germany has a deep historical rootedness, way before the Nazis, way before the Kaiser, to being the dominant force in Central Europe and playing East against West. And putting them into NATO worked to keep them down from doing that. They are now back up and doing that, and they play the German game for the benefit of the Germans. And I don't know how you stop that. But NATO can, NATO can bypass that, Mike Gallagher. They don't need Germany. If Germany wants to be Switzerland and be neutral and make money, that's that's basically what they're going to do. And they're they're pretty much committed to that with this new government. They were committed to that under Merkel. We thought she was better and she wasn't. But Poland is clearly not going back to servile state and, and the Baltics clearly aren't and Bulgaria and Romania clearly aren't. So the new NATO, Don Rumsfeld called uh, the, the new Europe, we've got to be committed to them in a big way. I also wondered, I missed the Nixon seminar last night. Richard Nixon's most famous declaration on foreign affairs was when Israel was up against the wall in the Yom Kippur War and the bureaucracy that you just referenced was dragging its feet. He told Kissinger, tell them to send everything that flies and fill it with armaments. We could do the same thing to Ukraine. Did that come up last night on the Nixon seminar? Well, I confess, I, I missed it as well, Hugh. So uh, I, I'm delinquent. I, I'm, I'm sure not I'm a sure member. I'm only a watcher. 
<laughs> uh, the people smarter than I uh, probably covered that topic, but it is the fundamental point. I think it tied to what I was trying to say inelegantly before, which is you, you need a credible threat of military force to make diplomacy work. As George Kennan said, uh, you have no idea how much it contributes to the general politeness and pleasantness of diplomacy to have a nice, quiet little armed force in the background. And that is the fundamental point that the Biden administration does not understand. And to take it back to your point about Taiwan, I think what people on the right don't understand, there's some who obviously think that we can we can uh, ally with Russia to counter China over the long term. That would be a geopolitical masterstroke if it was possible. It's not possible under Putin. He has no interest in doing that. So let's abandon the fantasy because it does not exist. But also, uh, it, 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 it are, the best way to distract from the China threat in our attempts to get tough on Taiwan is to bumble into a mid-level conflict in Ukraine because we were unwilling to move with a sense of urgency to prevent the conflict from emerging in the first place or devolving into all-out war. And that's what I think too many people are misunderstanding. Problems have a tendency not to age well, Hugh. And the more we allow this problem to fester, the more likely it is we actually get dragged into a conflict on someone else's terms and thereby uh, uh, consume all the bandwidth that we would need for the long-term competition with China. All right, my last question has to do with China. Um, this might hit home because you're a Wisconsinite. You probably have some athletes going to the games. And I have respect to the athletes and for their dedication. I'm not going to watch a minute of this. It's the genocide games. I, I think people who sponsor it are obscenely involved in the genocide of not just the Uyghurs, but other racial minorities, the suppression of Taiwan, the destruction of Hong Kong, the the espionage in the United States and the expansionism of Xi. So I will not have a moment and I will condemn everyone who sponsors it. What is, what's your approach? Are you going to watch the games because the athletes have tried hard and ignore the genocide? Or are you going to not watch the games? Uh, I'm not watching the games. I'm not sure I would in, in a normal year. Uh, the Winter Olympics are not necessarily my favorite. My wife, however, is a huge fan, so she has agreed to not watch the games at, at my request. Uh, and she, she sees the bigger geopolitical picture here. Hugh, I would also say, in addition to being the genocide games, it's it's the COVID games, right? I mean, we still don't have basic answers from the Chinese Communist Party about the origin of this virus. We still don't have a full accounting of U.S. taxpayer dollars that went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The more we learn about this, the more it stinks. We certainly know there was a cover-up by the Chinese Communist Party. We know that there was military dimensions of research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but we're also not getting basic information from our own public health officials who, in my opinion, are continuing to lie to Congress. That's unacceptable. And we have athletes now that have gotten infected even before they've shown up in China. China's not being transparent about its numbers, Hugh. So it's an absolute disaster. We should do everything possible to, during this Olympics, to point out China's egregious human rights abuses and the way in which its cover-up cost millions of lives around the world. My, my uh, and, and the in which that the, the leading ideologue of the Central Committee is a guy named Wang Huning. What do you think is the lesson that he has taken away, very smart man, from our response to China's poisoning of the world? That they can get away with anything. And I think Taiwan is now more firmly in their crosshairs. On that point, Hugh, in a, in a bit of shameless self-promotion, I published an essay in Foreign Affairs yesterday called Taiwan Can't Wait, which outlines the things we can do in the next three to five years to actually defend Taiwan. We need a battle force 
2025, not 2045. We need to act with a sense of urgency. Otherwise, if we if we screw that crisis up, we're done uh, as a superpower. And nobody around the world is going to count on American promises. And so I just would ask for uh, you to take a critical eye to that. Uh, this I will. Is, is it available to the public or is it behind a paywall? Uh, I think it's available to the public, uh, Hugh. I will send you the link and we'll get that sorted out right away. You're going to send me the link? Really? From Wisconsin? Yes. yes. Are you in Wisconsin? We do. We have Internet. No, I'm in D.C. Oh, OK. Uh, You've so got, I have a the, couple but I have a couple of cows in Wisconsin uh, gen- running around on a treadmill generating electricity and Internet for my my home. Uh, obviously, so. there wasn't much energy in the playoffs. That's why I'm asking. Oh, oh, Hugh, it's too soon. soon. (laughs) Congressman Michael Gallagher, it's never too soon. Good to talk to you. Where's Aaron Rodgers going, by the way? You think he's going to go to Tampa Bay? No, he's coming back. He's coming back. (laughs) And how are we supposed to take your foreign affairs article seriously if you think Aaron Rodgers is coming back? This is all one one cloud of credibility (laughs) you've got there, Congressman. Yeah, speaking of the collapse of deterrence, uh, yeah. there's a connection here. Sure. <laughs> Congressman Mike Gallagher, follow him on Twitter at Rep Gallagher. And if his, uh, if his article's not buying a paywall, I will be pushing it out on Twitter. Thank you, Congressman. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Nebraska Democratic Party Chair Jan Klebe lamented this week that we're doing all these good things as Democrats, and yet voters don't seem to be on our side. Like the White House and Democratic leadership in Congress, Ms. Cleve gets this entirely backward. Inflation, shortages, the pandemic, and crime touch most Americans' lives every day, either directly or indirectly. Spiking crime rates limit our freedom of movement. Inflation erodes our buying power, while pandemic policies and the supply chain crisis keep grocery shelves empty. Yet Democrats remain focused on their climate change policy in Congress, while President Biden demands even more inflationary spending to buy votes. Jen Psaki scoffed at crime concerns, calling them a figment of Fox News' alternate universe. In the real world, homicides and carjackings have exploded over the past two years, and retail thefts have shockingly skyrocketed. Democrats' problem isn't that voters aren't on their side, it's that Democrats aren't on voters' side, and voters have figured that out. I'm Ed Morrissey. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.